Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Yes, Ella, Ella Peachy is my name, but um, Benj has liked to call me Ella, Ella Preachy. I'm not so sure about that. But anyway, it's nice to see you all here today. Um, I haven't really actually met everyone yet. Um, We started coming to Greenhouse at the beginning of 2020. Um, But as you know, 2020 was a little bit of a write-off and um, 2021 has been a little bit disrupted as well. So um, if I haven't met you yet, it's it's nice to see your faces and hopefully we'll get to know you a bit more in this next season of church. Um, But I'm married to Caleb, who's in the parents' room there. And... um, nice. That's a nice clap for you, Kel. And um, we've got Austin and Taylor, who's gone out into the kids' program. Um, But yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, that's nice as well. Um, But it is nice to be sharing with you guys today. Um, At the moment, as you know, we've been going through the series of Advent. So Sienna kicked us off looking at hope. And then Benj last week um, spoke about peace. So this week, we are looking at joy. Um, And look, sharing with adults is a little bit new to me. I'm sort of more familiar with sharing with our kids. That's sort of more my space. Um, And one thing I know about from sharing with kids is that if you have some sort of reward when you're asking questions, they're probably going to respond a lot better. So, you know, you've got a prize or you've got some stickers or some lollies, like you're going to get a good buy-in. So for all you teachers out there who don't use bribes in your classes, you're amazing. Not actually sure how you do it um, because I've always used a lot of a lot of incentives in my kids' ministry. So um, I remember this one time I was doing a talk with a bunch of six-year-old girls and the topic was on joy and I had a, I had a chocolate and I asked a question and to be honest, I actually didn't expect a response from this question. It was more like a little nice way to lead in to what I wanted to talk to the girls about. And so I said, okay, girls, you can have this chocolate if you can tell me what the difference between joy and happiness is. Okay, bunch of six-year-old girls, like, what is the joy, what is the difference between joy and happiness? And um, before I'd even really finished, Lola, her name was, six-year-old Lola, put her hand and said, I know the difference. They're spelt really differently. (laughs) I said, Lola, you are so right, and I have to give you that chocolate because you are right, but you gave a very literal response, um, so well done. That was exactly... That's what I love about kids' ministry, I love about kids, is that they think in such a literal way. Um, So she was correct, but what I was really going for, I was sort of edging more towards the fact that really happiness, when we talk about it, it's something that's really fleeting. It's so based on our emotions and our circumstance, Um, whereas when we talk about joy, we're talking about something that's really deep-seated, something that doesn't change when circumstances change. It's not driven by our emotions. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at what does it actually look like to be marked with this deep-seated joy of Jesus um, amidst what can be a pretty chaotic world that we're in. So last week, Benj spoke about um, the prophecy that was given about the birth of Jesus in Isaiah. So I just always love this passage. I just cannot believe that this was written like four or five hundred years before Jesus was born. Um, so specific. So if you think about the people, these, these weary people that are waiting for a saviour, it's probably about four or five hundred years that they're sitting with this scripture. It's passed down from generation to generation. They know the word of God and they know this scripture. So I'm going to read it again and think about that. Think about that this has been sitting there for about four or five hundred years in anticipation of the birth of Jesus. So for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called 
wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Wow. That was what was given about four or 500 years before his birth. So when we talk about Advent and we talk about this idea of anticipation or waiting or coming, the anticipation for the birth of Jesus is huge. It's, it's, been, it's been coming for a very long time. And so, you know, when we hear about he's a wonderful counsellor, a mighty God, an everlasting father and a prince of peace, I mean, amen, that's something to celebrate. Uh, we shouldn't be surprised that when we hear this Christmas story that it is met with great joy. Um, when we look at uh, the, the sort of recount in Luke, um, it talks about that the angel appears to the shepherds and says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy. If you look at the Matthew's account of the Christmas story, when we're talking about the, the shepherds, uh, sorry, the wise men, when they went on their way, the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And what a reason to sing joy to the world. I mean, a saviour has been born to a weary world that needed, needed this saviour to come. Um, and now I think we live in this like really interesting place where we live between the, the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus, which is what we're looking at when we're talking about Advent. It's not just the first coming of Jesus, we're also looking at the second coming of Jesus. And so we can look at the birth of Jesus and celebrate that a saviour has been born and we really receive joy from that. But there's also this joy that we know is coming as well. We, we have this joy knowing that there is restoration, that he rules for all eternity with victory and that what is broken will be made right again. So we have these two joys and yet we live in the middle in sort of what can feel like a bit of chaos at the moment. And so you've probably heard of that concept of like the now but not yet. That's what we sort of live in. So we've got the kingdom of God is something that we look forward to, but as Christians we also usher in the kingdom of God to the now. So we sit in this now but not yet. And what does it look like to hold on to joy amidst all of that's happening in our worlds right now? Um, I don't know Will Small personally. Um, I don't know if he'll ever listen to this, but um, <laughs> I don't know him. I've heard him preach at Greenhouse, and I know that he's a friend of Greenhouse and a friend of a lot of you um, individually. And I just want to say that I think that Will Small, as a teenager, would have been really good friends with me as a teenager. And we would have been really, really good friends. Because Will talks about his teenagehood of sort of like having all the answers, being that Christian that's like got it all sorted and like... Maybe he hasn't used the word obnoxious, but kind of that sort of like a little bit obnoxious about the way he would go about talking to people about his faith. And I just want to say that like teenage Ella would have been like right there with him. I definitely had it sort of down pat. I like would run Q&As at my school Christian group about the big questions of life and like would feel like I could kind of answer a, a lot of them. Um, I would like sometimes write Bible verses out um, about particular topics that I thought my friends were like struggling with. It. I was trying to rebuke them and like pass them a note with these verses and I was doing it in love. So, you know, I was passing these notes across with verses. It's like so full on. I would have been quite difficult to be friends with. So my friends that have stuck with me um, over those years, uh, I love them. Um, and so everything was kind of sorted. So it was easy to say like find joy in Jesus because things 
you know, things were easy enough. And the Bible tells you to have joy in Jesus. So I'm going to have joy and that's easy. And then, you know, I entered my 20s and then my 30s, early 30s, <laughs> early 30s. And um, I realized that things are a little bit more complicated. You know, they, they probably will get more complicated even more so as we get older. And, um, you know, we've gone through some really hard seasons as a family. We've walked with friends through illness and relationship breakdown, loss and grief and a whole bunch of other stuff. And so I've probably been asking this same sort of question of myself for a while, which is, how do I hold on to that joy? How do I hold on to the joy of Jesus? Not just in my head, but in my heart. How do I actually have joy, you know, even when circumstances are tough and even when things are totally against us? How do I still have that deep-seated joy? And look, I think it's fair to say that a lot of us would probably be asking that question after the, the year or two that we've had. You know, there's, there's just been loss and suffering. There's been division. There's been chaos. You know, it, it's been a pretty interesting global pandemic that we've found ourselves in. So, you know, today we sit here in this tension of knowing the joy of what we, what we celebrate at Christmas... And knowing this joy that is to come, and I'm asking the question, how do we have that joy in us now? How do we keep that joy alive in a genuine way, not just in a sort of facade way, but how do we genuinely have that joy of Jesus? Um, If we look at a passage in Galatians, we look at the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, Can anyone tell me? don't have a chocolate, but can anyone tell me what the fruits of the Spirit are? Anyone? No chocolate. <laughs> Sorry. That's why I didn't get an answer from anyone. I didn't have a chocolate. Okay, what's the second fruit of the Spirit? Hey, well done, guys. So if we look at the fruit of the Spirit, we're looking at love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And these are things that come from the fruit of the Spirit within us. And um, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I think well, that is such good news. It's a good news story because it means that actually this stuff is just an overflow of the Spirit in us. So I don't have to try and force this joy or figure out a way how to like cultivate it more. What I actually need is more time with the Holy Spirit and letting him do his work in me. And, you know, you've probably heard that sort of analogy about a fruit tree. Like you don't see a fruit tree straining or like groaning to produce fruit. That would be weird what we see is like a natural expression of what that tree was always created to do, produce fruit. It's a natural thing for that tree. And so for us, spending time with the Holy Spirit, growing in him, joy is going to be a natural thing. Joy, that deep-seated joy is going to be marking our lives and overflowing out of us. Um, Caleb and I were just talking this week about, um, he was saying there's a couple of our friends that are like, just have that joy of Jesus in them. And he's like, I just want to spend more time with them. Like you just, you feel lighter from spending time with them. You just, there's something like, I want to say infectious, but that's not a great word at the moment. (laughs) It's a bit of a loaded term at the moment, the word infectious. It's contagious. Again, not a great choice. (laughs) There's something, there's something attractive about that in them, isn't there? That's a better word. It's so attractive about that joy that they carry within them. So that joy that that they're marked with, it's not only um, a gift to them from Jesus, really, it's a gift for them. It's also an encouragement to their brothers and sisters. And then it also is a witness to the world that we are living in. I mean, I think when you can see a Christian that's actually got this deep-seated joy flowing out of them amidst whatever their life might look like, whatever circumstance suffering they might be facing, you know that there's something different about them, don't you? You can see it. Um, And that is a gift 
from the Holy Spirit. So I guess like my encouragement for all of us is that we actually just need to be spending time with the Spirit. We need to be spending time with other Christians, spending time in His Word, actually getting to know Him and see what that out, that outworking looks like in our lives because it'll be natural and it will include this deep-seated joy that we, we, we look for at Christmas. Um, something I've been doing in the lead-up sort of to sharing about joy has been just kind of like praying a prayer of resetting every morning. Um, my mornings can look like chaos. I get woken every morning by my toddler um, and it could look like, I don't know, there's like cereal all over the ground already and like she's like in 12 different outfits by the time I've got up. Um, so it's hard to find a moment, but I've been trying to find a moment just to actually reset and ask God to fill me anew with his spirit and with that joy. Um, I might just invite the band up, but what I was hoping that I could do today for us is actually pray that same prayer that I've been praying over myself, over each of you and over this community. Um, and I guess my prayer is that as we head into this Christmas season, as we spend time with family and friends, that this joy that we have in Jesus will be overflowing in our lives, that it will be genuine and that we will be marked by it, that the people will know there's something different about us because of our faith. So if... Um, something you're comfortable with, you can just open up your hands as a sign of sort of receiving the prayer or um, just take a moment and I'm just going to pray this over us now. Lord, thank you for the gift of your spirit. Thank you that we know that with you we can experience joy amongst hardship and any weariness that we might be experiencing today. Fill us up afresh with your spirit and mark us with your joy today. May your joy overflow in me. Amen.